Hey friends, welcome back to Horror Hughes. I am your host, Shanika Pishi. All right, let's get into it. Season two. I took a little breaky break to just kind of replenish. It was the holidays and the boys were home and I was just kind of feeling um, the energy just was not there. So I took a little break, but now I am back and replenished and ready to chat with all of you. So how's everyone doing? How was your time? How was your holidays? I mean, I know it's February and it's like been gone for a while, but how are we doing? So I just was going to use this episode to be a bit of a catch-up episode, just to kind of talk about what I've been doing when I have not been podcasting. And then I'm going to do a couple of movie reviews, and they're going to be very quick because the movies I've seen lately, horror-related, well, they just have not been good. So I've been getting into audiobooks, and I used to struggle with them, but I found that I do better with audiobooks if they are nonfiction, so I can treat it like a podcast. So that is what I have been doing. And one of the books I've read is Cultish, and I really enjoyed that one. And I sometimes have dabbled and listened to the podcast Sounds Like a Cult, which is where... um, I believe that podcast where it came from, from the book. And um, I really enjoyed it. So, you know, the thing with cults, by the time we hear about them, we have our judgment and we're like, God, these people are so stupid and that would never happen to us. But we are hearing about cults when they are on their downfall or, you know, have already imploded, not like when things are good. And when it comes down to it, everybody wants to be involved in something. Everybody wants community. And that is how cults happen. And then the author, I believe her name is Amanda Montel. She said that the reason why she called it cult-ish is because, you know, anything could be a cult, which is true. You know, CrossFit, what kind of coffee you like, just anything can be turned into a cult. I mean, right now we are seeing the cult of Stanley Cups, which is horrifying, Um, you know, and anything, anything can be a cult. And um, what stood out to me, so she talked about the Jim Jones um, massacre, Jonestown massacre, and, you know, we've heard more than enough about Jim Jones. Like, we know how he came to be, his power, how everyone actually drank the Flavor Aid and not the Kool Aid. They drink Flavor Aid. But what really stood out to me were the Black women that were involved in this cult, this community. And one of the people that stood out to me is Christine Miller, and I'm going to be dedicating an episode to her because she is the only one that stood up to Jim Jones that day and pled with him, pleaded, yeah, pleaded with him to not kill the children. So if you don't know, 908 people died that day. Unfortunately, Christine, she was one of them. And um, she would like go back and forth with Jim on situations, but he respected her opinions. And I think at one time he held a gun to her and she was like, you you can shoot me, but you're still going to listen to what I have to say. Um, And, you know, another thing we always hear is like, oh, black people wouldn't get involved in cults and whatnot. But, you know, the history of America, black people are not treated 
well. So if you are listening to this guy, Jim Jones, who knew how to code switch well, he knew how to like talk to white people, he knew how to talk to black people. If he is saying things that are like radical and you're agreeing with them, you're going to be like, yeah, like screw um, these other politicians. I'm down with what he has to say. You know, let's let's have a revolution. Let's do this. But obviously with him, the power got to his head because it wasn't even about money for him. It was all about power. So I can see how black people get involved because like I said, we we are just not treated, respected in this country. Therefore, we're going to go with someone that is showing us the respect. And um, but one thing with Jim Jones, though, where he did respect the opinions of black women, he never had any of them in a position of power. Like he never gave them titles or anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, um, like, you know, white privilege is going to white privilege, right? So I'm really going to look more into Chrissy Miller, like I said, and do a whole episode about her. All right. Another book that I listened to is I Know What I Saw, and it's all about encounters of like, you know, urban legends, creatures that people think they saw. It's not... It was not as good as I hoped. Um, it regurgitated a lot of stories, but they never really go into depth about like the creatures or anything. So someone's like, I know what I saw. It looked like a, a deer and it was walking on its hind legs and like the knees were bent backwards and, you know, glowing eyes and this and that. And they're like, I know I saw that. And, you know, the person who's narrating the story was like, so this person claims they saw this, but you know, maybe they were just tired, you know, basically. It's all these stories about people like, oh, I know I saw this, but then again, it was in a, the backwoods, it was dark, there wasn't a lot of lights. It, it, it was just a lot of that. So I, I didn't enjoy that one as much as I hoped I would. Okay, on the gaming front, for Christmas, I got the boys. I mean, basically I got it for me too. I got them horrified Greek monsters. So excited. And the mechanics of the game, they're a bit different on this one, but I'm glad they changed it up so it wasn't so like copy and paste. I, again, I'm going to dedicate a whole episode to that and breaking down each character, but the characters are Chimera, Minotaur, Basilisk, Medusa, Cerberus, and Siren. So we um, think about just up until about a couple weeks ago, we defeated all of the monsters and we still have not. We have defeated the Invisible Man, but we haven't like won the game in which we defeated him in. So he is still, you know, a stain on our perfect crisp white shirt. Magic the Gathering got into that finally i've been wanting to learn how to play this game and my son okay listen if you are here local in columbia south carolina or wherever you live do not sleep on your library okay the library has so many great free resources it's absolutely amazing and people are just not using them the way they should so the library i mean when my boys were younger, I stayed home with them and it was a lifesaver. Just being able to go there for story time, puppet shows, art class. Um, you know, once my son really got into reading, there was just no way I could afford to get him all the books he wanted to read. I would just go and get a stack of Goosebump books and he would just 
run through them. I mean, and he still is a voracious reader. And my youngest, he's getting into reading as well. But without the library, there was just like absolutely no way I would have been able to um, like grow that um, habit into him. So don't sleep on the library. Love, love, love it. But my son, he still goes and he attends the teen events. And a couple of weeks ago, they showed the Dungeons and Dragons movie. And then the following week, they had a magic the gathering and they showed you how to play the game. He was even given free cards that was provided by Magic Kids, which is cool, right? I mean, he just got a set of cards. Didn't have to pay for it. All you had to do is just show up. That's, I mean, come on, that's amazing. So he showed me how to play the game and I really enjoyed it. So I'm gonna get a set and um, yeah, we're gonna play. And he kicked my butt. He was like, just because I'm showing you how to play the game doesn't mean I'm not gonna try to win. And I was like, touche, bro, touche. All right, so Dungeons and Dragons, you guys, I have entered the universe and I'm just feeling like, just joy. There's just joy. I know you can't see me, but I have like the biggest smile on my face. I am finally within the Dungeons and Dragons universe. And I don't know, I'm just like, I'm feeling like a cool kid. Okay. Like I'm really excited about it. So Brindalyn, who was on the podcast, she was actually on the Dungeons and Dragons episode. She is running the campaign for us and we are doing the Salt Marsh campaign. And we met up with her this past weekend and we got our papers. We um, decided on, you know, what kind of characters we wanted to be, our power, all of that. I still don't know all the terminology, so please don't judge me or judge. I don't care. You know, whatever. I'm still learning. But I am a druid, Asimar. And, you know, I'm plant lover, nature lover. Like one of my things I have is a singing bowl. And I know three languages. I know Sylvan, Celestial, and there's like one other language. And um, I'm still deciding on a name. So I put out on my Instagram at Shanika Pishi some suggestions. Well, first I asked what should my name be? And then people gave me suggestions. And then now we're voting on it. So um, Estella, Spicy Hustlefoot or Belcinda Firefly. So those are the choices for my Dungeons and Dragons character. Um, so we're going to meet about every two weeks to do the campaign. And um, yeah, I'm like really, I'm really excited. And the boys are really into it as well. So good times, good times, good times. Okay, let's talk some movies. So, well, first let's talk upcoming movies. One of them I'm really looking forward to seeing is Abigail, a vampire ballerina. Yes, please. I am absolutely here for it. Let's do it. This is more of what I want to see. And Melissa Barrera, she's in this one. So I'm like, yes, girl. I mean, even though I know this one was filmed a while ago because Angus, Angus, excuse me, Angus Cloud from Euphoria, who... Um, has passed he's in this movie as well so I know this was filmed a while ago but I'm really looking forward to seeing it it looks so good and this is more of what I want to see it looks like a really good stacked cast of really great actors so another one I'm not so sure about but someone showed me the preview for it the trailer for Immaculate with Sydney Sweeney and I'm really not into those style of 
movies like you know i watched the nun and whatnot um but even like exorcist that's just really never been my style um like the religious possessive style movies have never been my thing but one that i actually really liked was stigmata with um i think patricia Arquette, right i i really enjoyed that one so because I, I i liked how it was like happening to her throughout the film. Whereas like, you know, she just wasn't like possessed and like, you know, we're trying to like the power of Christ compels you get it out of her. But I'm also kind of thinking like, what is Sydney Sweeney trying to do with her career? So I first knew of her from White Lotus and then I watched Euphoria. And I know um, from just like other podcasts I've listened to and things I've seen, she really does not want to just be known as like her character Cassie, which I totally understand. But I'm like, are you trying to be like the next, you know, like comedy, romantic comedy gal, do horror? You know, I feel like at this point, she's kind of just like throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. And then that's totally fine. You know, get paid, girl. Do you? Who am I? Right? All right, let's do some quick movie reviews. I'm gonna say quick because like I said, I did not enjoy these movies. One of them I just saw yesterday and it was not good. Lisa Frankenstein. And this is the movie that is directed by Zelda Williams. This is her first directorial debut. And yes, she is the daughter of Robin Williams. And it is written by Diablo Cody. And I will say traditionally, I am not a fan of her movies. I never watched Juno, never cared to, didn't look like my type of thing. Um, Jennifer's Body, I have tried so many times with that film and I just cannot get through it. And um, this one just was not good. It just had the potential to be good and it just wasn't. You know, I went in, I was like, okay, I already have the sourpuss attitude. I'm already ready to not like it because of Diablo Cody. And I, and I, like, listen, nothing personal against Diablo Cody. I don't know her, you know? Listen, I don't know her at all. Just, she's just like, her style's not my style or like her writing style is like, it's not for me. But I'm like, oh, come on, girl, just enjoy the movie. And from what I've read, it seems like it was trying to be a rated R film, but they cut back on a lot of things. And I think if they had just went just like hardcore rated R, just like chopping people up, it would have been awesome. But I guess they are trying to appeal to the, um, you know, 17 younger crowd, but it just felt stiff. The actors, I mean, first of all, you have Carla Gugino in there and she's amazing, but I feel like her acting skills, I just feel like she was wasted in the film. I don't want to give too much away, but like, I just feel like she was wasted in the film. And then we have um, Catherine Newton is the main actress and she's really good. She, like she was in Freaky and that was so good. Love, love, loved Freaky. Um, Cole Sprouse is in it. Um, great actor, you know, I was a huge Riverdale fan. Um, so it's like, again, it was stacked up with really good actors and it just fell flat and I kept on just giving a chance like okay it's gonna get better it's gonna get better but then at a certain part I was like when the hell is this movie over like let's just get to the point like it became redundant certain things like like a lot of the jokes just fell it just um it was stiff and not good so I, I, I wait on this one don't spend your money to go see it all right, another movie that I watched, and I watched this back in December, 
Till Death Do Us Part. It was on Amazon. It is absolutely terrible. And again, it had pretty decent actors in it. Um, Cam Gigande is in it. And he was in Twilight. And I remember going to his Instagram because he posted something like, no offense, but you know, there's like not good movies out there. And this is a good movie and blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, boy, you did better acting in Twilight. Okay, because this was just not good at all. So the premise of the movie is it's like this woman gets married. And then she leaves her husband on the wedding night but you find out like that they're all assassins and whatnot and her and the husband got permission to marry each other but then it's like flashing back to like when her her and her husband like you think they're on their honeymoon or something they're with another couple and the guy is jason patrick and you're trying to figure out what the hell is going on and because like if you're like an assassin spy or whatever you can't date each other so jason patrick and his wife like you know obviously they broke the rules so they've been on the run for an x amount of years and in between this like you have fight scenes and whatnot and the main actress you know whoever the bride was like she can really fight it was good but like again just stiff just terrible direction terrible acting it was just like Cam Gigante was trying to be like very charismatic and like dancing around and stuff. And it just was like, it was not good. It was really awkward. It was kind of awkward. Did you ever see um, You Better Watch Out when the boy, um, you know, like eventually when you learn that he kind of set up like the whole home invasion thing and because he liked the babysitter. And like he has that scene where he's like trying to be all suave and dance around. And you're just like, what is this like 13 year old boy doing? Like, this is so awkward. That's basically how I felt watching Cam Gigande do his thing until death do us part. And also had Orlando Jones in it. You know, Mr. Maker, Mr. Make Seven Up Yours. He was in it as well. Like, <laughs> it just was not good though. And only reason why I finished it is for Christmas. My sister got me a sauna blanket. And so I was in my sauna blanket, like arms under and everything, and just like had my tablet like propped up on my body watching. And that movie better be happy for that sauna blanket because it would have been a DNF, okay? All right. Another movie I watched was Hunt Club, and that had Mena um, Suvari and Casper Van Deen. And listen, I am not mad at any of these people. Get your check, get paid. A paycheck is a paycheck. I understand you have got to pay into your SAG insurance. Honey, I get it. But damn, was this another bad movie, just quality wise. Oh God, not good at all. I'm like, Menace Yavari, girl, you are an American beauty, okay? Hell, you are an American pie. What is going on? Um. Yeah, I just didn't like this one either. Actually, you know what? I did like it, but it was just like the quality of it. So the premise is, is that these guys, they have a hunt club. They basically get a woman and bring them to the an island. And, you know, first you're like, okay, maybe the women are just there to like hook up or whatever. But really they're like there to hunt women. And so they have the women like in a barn chained up and like when they decide they want to hunt you, they choose and then like you have like a head start and then you go into these woods, but it's obviously rigged in their favor. And so Menasuvari is on there because I believe it's her daughter went missing. So she's trying to find her and um, Casper Van Deen, it's his son's like first time hunting or like killing or whatever. And... Uh, yeah, that's that movie. Like I said, the quality was not great. And um, 
But I think I would watch that one again before I would watch Till Death Do Us Part. Yeah. Have you guys seen these films? Let me know. And um, like I said, at least a Frankenstein, maybe. Yeah, just go ahead and just wait for that to come out on DVD. That's okay. Or I'm, like, listen to me. I'm so old. DVD on streaming. <laughs> Whatever people under 40 are doing, because clearly I still think DVD. That's that for today's episode. And until next time, bye. Bye.